Hello and welcome to this week's Hong Kong Heritage. At the end of the 1950s, the British Army Brigade of Gurkhas came to Hong Kong. They were often based in camps near the border and were involved in border protection as well as helping in the aftermath of natural disasters here, among other duties. These days, there's a strong Nepalese community here that's descended from those Gurkhas. In Nepal, the COVID-19 situation is currently dire, with a high death toll and a lack of medical equipment. So the Hong Kong Ex-Servicemen's Association here, whose members have close bonds with the Gurkhas they've worked with, are helping their patron, Sean Ho-Tung, to carry out both a fundraising drive and a bid to get plenty of supplies to where they're needed. Sean Ho-Tung is the great-grandson of businessman and philanthropist Sir Robert Ho-Tung. He's the son of Eric Ho-Tung, who was the patron of the Ex-Servicemen's Association before him. So I joined patron Sean Ho-Tung, the Association's chairman, retired Captain Albert Lamb, Nigel Collette, a former lieutenant colonel who commanded the 6th Queen Elizabeth's own Gurkha Rifles in Hong Kong, to hear about the initiative to send oxygen, face masks, respirators, body bags, everything that's needed in this pandemic to Nepal. Towards the end of the programme, I also talked to two retired officers, Gurung Tara and Gurung Indra, who actually joined the Gurkhas when he was just 13 years old. And we'll be hearing much more from them in next week's programme when I devote the whole programme to their lives in the Gurkhas. But first, his patron and philanthropist, Sean Hotong. It was in the news what was happening in Nepal, but I really wasn't paying that much attention until a Gurkha friend of mine who I've known for 25 years contacted me and told me how desperate the situation was. That's when I felt obliged to get involved and get something moving. So I had to identify the right people. It was a no-go for me until I knew the government was behind us, the Nepalese government, because I was concerned about profiteers. I reached out to one Gurkha who led me to another. Long story short, we came to Yem Gurang, who set up a meeting with the General Council and Council of Nepal. The Council Karen of Nepal has been very helpful. I reached out to Albert Lam, Captain Albert Lam of the Hong Kong Ex-Servicemen Association. These are all soldiers, so they're on time, they're efficient, and uh, that's what I needed. And then on the other side, like I said, I needed the Nepalese government, so the Gurkha connections got me to that. And then I needed a master organizer, which uh, would be uh, Mary Hotong. She basically helped with the organization, especially with the local Hong Kong people. So Mary Hotong is? Uh, my wife, and uh, she set up the Fringe Backer. We set a target of 780000 That's equivalent of 100000 U.S. dollars. And our obligation was... Uh, or challenge was that uh, we would meet that. Sean O'Tong and Mary would meet that. But I cannot wait for this to be met. I need to start moving because the situation is so dire. So um, we've got the French Becker public donation side moving. And then in conjunction with that, with Albert and the Hong Kong ex-servicemen and uh, my wife, we started collecting these supplies. And these supplies are already equal to the money we're raising. For example, we have a quarter million face mask. So the situation described to me, I mean, you, when you found out about what the situation was like in Nepal, mm. I mean, the Hotongs have a track record of doing this in, in other countries. Mm. So you've got the situation in Nepal. So what were the main needs? It was a situation of oxygen, mm. a situation of just people on the streets with no, or in villages with no facilities at all. Well, the first thing they told us was oxygen. So Ayem Gorang, ex-Gurka, 
and myself, uh, we put together a uh, test run, 450, 40-liter um, oxygen cylinders. You got from Hong Kong? No, we actually had to get it from China. That truck got moving last week. It will uh, arrive at the border this week. Now, these 450, 40-liter uh, oxygen tanks can handle two people at a time because you have a special valve. It has to be used properly once it's there, uh, which is another story, and we'll follow up on that. So oxygen cylinders is the first thing we got. Unfortunately, one of the biggest requests is body bags. This was the first run. I wanted to make sure we avoid any uh, corruption or any uh, price gouging. And uh, once this is successful, then Albert will follow basically on the trail that we've opened with following supplies or with whatever's needed. And the need will change as we move on. I'm understanding they're starting to get enough oxygen cylinders, so we need to move to other things like oxygen concentrators or generators. And again, there's a price issue there. Let me give you an example. We got a quote from a Buddhist society in Nepal, 1,000 US dollars for a 5 LPM oxygen concentrator, and we can get that for $460. So this is in Nepal, and this that's what's unpleasant okay yeah so uh so we need to be careful about how we go about doing this so i'm at the second world war veterans hong kong depot here at morton terrace in causeway bay and and we've got uh, as i say this is just one of the collection points and we've got um, um some of the boxes stacked up against uh, against the wall here i'll be talking to albert lamb in a moment about uh, the logistics of of who who can get what to wear because i mean that's also and and also what the call out is for because uh you know you're not looking for blankets clothes or anything else you're you're looking for set materials that are to combat uh covid19 within nepal itself is this going to Kathmandu? is it going to pokhara okay so uh we're actually uh, crossing the border with the truck at a, a place uh, k-o-d-a-r-i uh, yeah. it may be uh <laughs> which then goes on to uh Kathmandu. But with regard to our supplies, uh, we're going to be very strategic about it. For example, we have a, uh, we've discussed it and we've been told that if we get the rapid antigen testing kit, that is something that will be more helpful, say, than wet tissues okay, or gloves. Okay, so we will be strategic about what we get. And the rapid antigen test does? It, it tests to see if you have. So they need more COVID tests? I think so. Uh, that's what I've been informed. That, that's what this test does. Now you and uh, Mary Hotung are, are spearheading this, but you must have quite a team doing this. I mean, the logistics, the transport. Mm -hmm. There is no spear without Hong Kong ex-servicemen, okay? So uh, without the Gurkhas who are helping. I mean, Raj Kumar Rai reached out to me from Canada to say we needed help. So Raj Kumar Rai is? An ex-Gurkha. He's more than a friend to me for 25 years. So when he gave the call out, it almost wasn't even a matter of choice. It was a matter of this is getting done. That's kind of where that was. Now, if people would like to contribute and uh, financially first, um, how can they set about doing that? All right, so financially, you can easily go to Fringe Backer, uh, their website, and they will direct you to the COVID-19 Nepal relief. On their homepage, you'll see what the charities are running, and ours is the first one. So um, that's how you can do it uh, publicly. Privately, you would uh, contact uh, the Hong Kong Ex-Servicemen Association, Captain Albert Lam, because uh, what I haven't gone through is we also have a private donation section. As for the supplies, on the website, we have four locations. Uh, on the Fringe Becker website, we have four locations where you can donate your supplies. 
So, so. on to the fringe back, it will explain to anybody who wants to have a look at what you're doing, yes. uh, how they can contribute money or how they can contribute a box of masks or items like that. For all elements except private donations, because private donations we've been doing word of mouth with our own friends. So, if you'd like to make a contribution, you can go to the Fringebacker crowdfunding site. So that's a monetary contribution to the effort being made by uh, Sean and Mary Hotung and uh, the ex-servicemen here, um, and to help those in Nepal. But um, if people want to make, you know, at the four destinations here, um, so Yun Long or down here in Causeway Bay, if people want to bring along a box of something, what's useful to you right now? Face masks is, is very useful and simple because it's not that heavy. That's what the, the people can do because the Nepalese consulate wants vaccines from the Hong Kong government, which are about to expire. But that's another story. The easiest thing is face masks. Someone's donated a respirator. Uh, someone's uh, donated MRR filters, coverall protection, unfortunately, body bags. Um, someone's donated an electronic disinfector. So... Um, Oh, if people showing some initiative yes, here, I wouldn't even yes, know yes. where to go for a respirator. I know where to go for face masks. Yes, but. so finger pulse uh, oximeters. A lot of folks are, you know, have great ideas of their own, and mm -hmm. they'll, they think if you can use this, they'll show up with something that I might not have even heard of. My original thought was to get an oxygen filling station built because I didn't like the way the cylinders had to be sent back to China and then refilled and sent back. That was a waste of time, waste of money in my mind, and, and I thought someone's got a racket going here. So let's get a refilling station built. Unfortunately, the British, it cost about 180,000 pounds, went ahead and built an oxygen uh, filling station uh, at a Nepalese police station. We didn't have to do that. But that's actually where we were originally going, but the, uh, the UK beat us to it, which is a good thing. It's a very good thing. So Yes, I mean, I, I, I hear what you're saying. I mean, just using initiative to ensure that, that as much can be done on site. Now, with that, I mean, you mentioned that fueling station that they've now got. Is that going to be handy for you with yours? I, I think it will be. Also, the Nepalese government has ordered all hospitals that can handle over 100 people to build their own filling stations. They can then refill the canisters with, exactly. with oxygen. Exactly. So you're going to eliminate this whole 20-day delay where more people get sick and die. You're busily collecting at d different depots here for um, various supplies. What have you been already able to send to Nepal? Okay, well, bear in mind, the supplies collections is a week old, baby, okay? So the only thing that is gone is the 450, 40 liters of oxygen cylinders. Uh, that is gone en route. Uh, we've told the driver to send us videos every day. <laughs> you know, okay, we want a lot of transparency here. So that's the only thing that's gone, and it should arrive this week. I would like to actually a big personal thanks from, my, from Mary and myself to the Hong Kong people who have uh, really bent over backwards, donated not just money, but all these supplies that are the, more than the value of the money we've uh, raised. That's just fantastic. And a big, sh big shout out to the Hong Kong people. Thank you. So Albert Lam, chairman of the Hong Kong Ex-Servicemen's Association, uh, can you tell me about how you've been involved in this project? Well, Mr. Sean Ho Tong is our patron. When he came up with this idea about supporting the, uh, uh, the Gurger, and then from uh, many of our friends, Gurger, because we have a long history of working together with the Gurger, we know the situation in Nepal is quite desperate, really. And uh, so we, we think this is a very good idea. We can really uh, mobilize our men here, 
And uh, really, within uh, days, we, we get the uh, Nepalese consulate support. And so we have the Gurkha Veterans Association supporting. And, and then Sean himself at least already start uh, kick the ball rolling by using his own money and buying all the uh, oxygen cylinders uh, in, Chang, in Xingdu, uh, in Sichuan, because that is the uh, the, the factory making uh, those uh, very, very close uh, to uh, Nepal. So this is very much a test run. And after that, we, uh, if that everything works well, and then there will be more more supply coming up from Hong Kong. And on our side, we, we have uh, 1,400 uh, members uh, in our association. And I, we have a lot of really, if I, I need a volunteer, I can easily call people in. So we quickly opened up our Causeway Bay Depot and our Changshawan Depot for collecting of uh, those anti-epidemic equipment. In fact, when we start, we think money maybe is the best thing that we have, we have a priority lead provided by the Nepalese Consulate. So what are the top priority? Uh, so the oxygen, and the mass uh, and and the, and the rest of it are in that list. So we also, after a week of collecting money through cloud funding, we then started calling on a medical item, and much to our surprise, that this they all flooding in uh, uh, into the association. If you go to our Changshawan Club House, then you will see that powerhouse or, or, or boxes. You can't barely get in. <laughs> yeah, that's right. You have to fight, fight your way to get in. And we, we every now and then we organize our uh, volunteer because some of the uh, mouth come in uh, nicely packed. But some, uh, maybe I, I at home have 200 uh, mouth uh, I can donate. Uh, so they bring in a plastic bag. Yeah, it is fine. Then we, we need volunteers to pack them properly into carton boxes. So every now and then, not long ago, we just uh, have a, a packing day at our clubhouse and uh, pe- people working happily. I mean, when they know well, this is something oh, yes. for our co- old comrade. With the Hong Kong Ex-Servicemen's Association, can you tell me about how many, uh, do you have still a number of retired Gurkhas who are part of the Ex-Servicemen's Association? Gurkha soldier can join our association as uh, associate member because the Hong Kong Ex-Servicemen's Association are mainly for the local enlisted personnel. However, over the years, uh, we support each other uh, function. We have many uh, gatherings. You will see Chinese and, and, and Nepalese mingled uh, together. Ah, yes. That is why when they call for support, we, we have very good uh, response from our own member. If I may, I would like to mention about uh, in 2015 when, when there was a very bad earthquake uh, in Nepal, the Hong Kong Servicemen's Association donated more than $140,000 to them. And two years later, we have the hill walking team. We went there for a hiking and we actually went uh, far into the uh, mountain and visit uh, a village and they were very, very uh, welcomed. So that gave us a very good uh, experience about where yeah, we, we should really help each other. It's interesting, isn't it, to see the, the link between Hong Kong and Nepal and uh, also in, in Hong Kong's colonial history, really, with the, with the link to with the Gurkhas and uh, serving many of them decades long and in different wars with, with the British Army. But could you tell me a little bit about the Gurkhas in Hong Kong? Right, the Gurkha really have more than 200 years service for Britain. 
which date back to 1815 when Frederick Young went into Nepal to establish the first Gurkha uh, company. And then the Gurkha basically involved in all the big campaigns, uh, the two world wars uh, or the nearest uh, conflict like in uh, Falkland Island and uh, in, in the Middle East. Yes, so, and in Hong Kong, what sort of service well, have they done here? In Hong Kong, when the border, the, uh, well, the, the brigade of Gurkha actually moved from Malaysia to Hong Kong in the 60s. And then Hong Kong became a home base for the uh, brigade of Gurkha. Uh, and then the Gurkha really helping us in all big incidents, uh, like uh, landslide or anything. Uh, we need people uh, extra hand. And mainly in, in the later years, they have to look after the border. Yes, and also uh, in the 67 riots, Yes. Uh, I think they were involved. Yes, yeah, yeah. when there's when there's UN, when when the government uh, need extra hand, they they are here. There's entire, uh, I mean, stemming from the Gurkhas really now, you've got multi-generations now of, of Nepalese living in Hong Kong. And uh, I enjoy going to places like Jordan where you've got all of the uh, yeah. provision stores <laughs> and, and hair salons and things like that for me. But, but um, it's, it's interesting to see, yeah, so these uh, Nepalese communities also in Yunlong. There's a restaurant that's, um, a Nepalese restaurant that's like been there forever, um, you know, in these, uh, and I hear stories about about um, Gurkha food that, that used yeah. to be because were you up at Sekong that sort of area as well? Well, when uh, when when the British garrison was still here, well, there's the one uh, where the famous one Shafis, right? yeah, and then we, I, when every time when I uh, went to Sekong, I I called called to the Shafis. Yeah. yeah, for Nepalese food. For Nepalese food, yeah, <laughs> definitely. <laughs> yeah. yeah. If people would like, Albert, if people would like to um, donate, can you remind our listeners, um, first of all, um, of the four places, if they want to bring face masks, um, so what are the, the key items? It, it, sort of, it could be uh, face masks, plastic gloves. Um, if people would like to donate. Uh, we have two, uh, we have four places in Hong Kong collecting this, uh, one in Fulton, one in Yunlong, and then we have uh, the two uh, uh, bigger collection torn. Uh, we call it the Hong Kong Depot and the Kowloon Depot. The Hong Kong Depot is in uh, Taihang next to the Central Library, and the Kowloon Depot is in Cheung Sha Wan. Uh, very easy to uh, find out from the internet about our address. Have you got a number that they can call in order to find out um, if, if the depots are open? Uh, oh yes, uh, our depot uh, is open uh, Monday to Friday uh, at two different uh, locations, Hong Kong and Kowloon. Uh, the number for contacting us is 2544-6270. So if you've got some supplies, some face masks or plastic gloves, any of these kind of key items. Obviously, mm. if you're in some kind of medical trade and uh, you have, you know, respirator, all of these kind of equipment, then, you know, they would be delighted to hear from you. But uh, for, um, you know, non-medical people, um, fantastic if you can uh, supply masks, gloves, all of those kind of key items. Um, that are, are ne desperately needed in Nepal. So that's uh, the number to call is 2544-6270. If people would like to make a monetary donation? Then they can either contact Fringe Packers through the crowdfunding or then contact us. Our band collecting the money mainly to collect members uh, 
donation from the member, of course, that can be open to uh, other people as well. My thanks to the patron of the Hong Kong Ex-Servicemen's Association, Sean Ho Tung, talking there on what's needed in Nepal to bring down the numbers of those being infected and dying from COVID-19. My thanks also to Albert Lam, the association's chairman. I'll give the details again for the depots and crowdfunding website at the end of the programme. In the next part of the programme, I join three former Gurkha officers, Nigel Collette and retired Captain Gurung Tara and retired Lieutenant Gurung Indra. Can you tell me about where you come from in Nepal and what the situation is with the pandemic COVID-19, where, where you come from? Well, actually, I'm from Pokhara, western Nepal. Actually, it's in the middle of the country. According to my sons, they are still in Pokhara. Uh, they said that now it is very dangerous and my two sons' family are confined in the house. So they are just sitting there and their children can't go to school and they are learning from the line. Yes, yeah, so online. Yeah, yes, online yes. Um, teaching yes. is on there. That's all. And they said that the situation is very dangerous and a lot of people are dying. And as I see in the Facebook, uh, there are a lot of people my who I know uh, in Hong Kong, in UK, and in Nepal. Uh, most of my relatives are dying now. In the uh, health services, it's not very good in Nepal. Mm. So they need more supplies? Yeah, they need more supplies. And even the health service is not very reliable. That's the problem. Gurkhas have been in Hong Kong since the end of the 50s when uh, the garrison here was reinforced by Gurkhas from what was then Malaya and over the years thousands of Gurkha soldiers served in Hong Kong mostly in the camps towards the border so they weren't very noticeable down in the city um, but during that time they spent their lives securing Hong Kong's border against incursions from China collecting illegal immigrants and sending them back dealing with smuggling uh, and the myriad military tasks of assistance to the civil population which the army gets involved in. And over that time, from the 60s onwards, many of the wives came from Nepal and began to give birth in the hospitals here in Hong Kong, which um, now has created a very large population of Nepali people here in Hong Kong. And we're not sure how many, we think perhaps about 21, 22,000, which is slowly now growing as people have more babies and they grow up mm -hmm. and as they marry people who come from Nepal to join them. So it is a very strong community, all based on the past and on uh, the military service to Hong Kong. Now you were a Gurkha. I had the honor of being a Gurkha for 10 years in the army and I've been working with Nepali people ever since. Uh, I was uh, an officer in 6th Gurkha Rifles and the two Queen's Gurkha officers who are sitting with us today talking uh, were both officers in 6th Gurkha Rifles uh, who had a much longer career than I ever did um, and have uh, histories that go back much further than mine and had a much more interesting life than <laughs> I did. <laughs> but you were based up at Sukong, weren't you? Yes, I started up in Fanling, first of all. Um, my first service was in Fanling, then I moved to Sukong 
I worked in HMS Tamar, as it was then, uh, in Central, in the Brigade of Gurkhas headquarters, and I finished at Casino Lines up in uh, the New Territories towards the border on the west side. So I had seven years working in Hong Kong uh, with the Brigade of Gurkhas. And what was your title? Uh, I was, began as a major, commanding a company. I ended up as Lieutenant Colonel and commanding six Gurkha rifles. Lieutenant Gurung Indra, is, who's with us today, retired in 1970. So you've got to know both of these uh, Gurkha officers in retirement? Yes, um, we have an association for the regiment here in Hong Kong, the 6th Queen Elizabeth Owned Gurkha Rifles Association, uh, which meets every year, has a reunion when it's not COVID, and we keep in touch with each other, uh, and we help each other if there are problems. So um, I first met Indra Saab in the association, and Tarasab, uh, Captain Tarasab, is the chairman of the association, so he runs it. Lieutenant Gurung Indra, you actually retired in 1970. You'd worked in a number of countries and also in Hong Kong. And uh, you came back to Hong Kong, in fact, eight years ago to, to live here. So, um, but if you can tell me about your career, not just the Hong Kong bit either. Um, so what made you decide all those years ago to become a Gurkha? Well, actually, I don't know. When I enlisted in British Army, I was very young only age of 13. 13? Yeah, but uh, I had to write 15. So now actually my age is 84, but according to my ID, uh, it is 86. How interesting. So you actually joined the British Army. At the, were you very tall or something? Well, that is because my father, uh, who was in British Army, in uh, was killed in 1942 in Burma during World War Two, and the commandant of Edgar Rifles was with him and he knows my father very well and we had a pension my mother drew the pension from British Army so uh, we had to go to Kunagad from Nepal to India to collect pension of my mother. I, I also get uh, five rupees a month allowance. So I had to accompany my mother. So we used to travel to India every year, uh, especially in December, November. So during that time, in 1947, when India got independent, then the British Army depot was separated, though it was situation in India as well. So at that time, when I went there, and the recruiting officer, he was the British officer, and one of my relatives who was working with the depot, he was there, and he introduced me to this DRO, and he knows me well. And after he said that he's son of Thirpan Gurung. My father's name was Thirpan Gurung. And he was with my father when my father was killed in Mandalayan. So he says that you should enlist in British Army. But at that time I was only 13 and I was not able to reach the height, weight and age. Even though the 
enlisted to English, so I enlisted in British Army as a boy. And that was retired Gurkha Lieutenant Gurung Indra, who's 84, telling me about how he joined the British Army as a boy at the age of 13. So that's just a little bit of the beginning of his story. Next week, I'll be joining both Gurung Indra and retired Captain Gurung Tara to hear more about their lives in the Gurkhas in Hong Kong. If you'd like to make a financial donation to the fundraising drive by Sean and Mary Ho-Tung and the Hong Kong Ex-Servicemen's Association, then please go to the Fringe Backer crowdfunding website. You can also type Fringe Backer, COVID and Nepal into Google and their site will come up. If you'd like to donate medical supplies such as face masks and other goods, then please give the Ex-Servicemen's Association a call on 2544-6270. That's 2544-6270. Or email Albert Lamb on albertlamb9 at gmail.com. That's albertlamb9 at gmail.com. You can find those details on the Hong Kong Heritage Facebook page. Thanks for listening and join me next week on Hong Kong Heritage.